Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. We want to continually celebrate this weekend Independence Day that was yesterday. And before I get into the message, I want to share a story with you real quickly. Um, Many times I drive through the service road in the airport here at DFW to avoid traffic. And I just like looking at the planes because I just like going places, you know, and I'm wishing I'm on the plane going somewhere. But, you know, avoiding some of the uh, closures or accidents or heavy traffic. And they have a, a huge flag blowing at the beginning of the entrance of the airport, depending on which side you go in, north or south. Huge, beautiful flag. And this is maybe kind of corny to you, but, you know, when I see the, the colors flying, I usually salute them. It's just something that I just learned in the military, that when we see that, when, when the flag is raised, we, 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 we stand to attention and we salute that flag out of respect. So, you know, I'm going through one, actually, this last week, and I, you know, I'm doing what I usually do and saluting the flag, and, and all of a sudden, uh, I'm, I see the flag, and the wind is blowing, and the flag is just blowing so majestically in the wind, and it was beautiful, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit drops something in my spirit and says, that I am causing my wind, the wind of the Holy Spirit, to lift up this nation, to restore this nation, to heal this nation, and to bring a great awakening to the United States of America. America shall be saved. America is being saved. America is not going down, but America is going over, and it's because of people like you and me, believers who stand for righteousness, who stand for truth, who will not be silent, who will not shut up, but we will lift up the name of Jesus. We will praise the name of the Lord. We will declare that God is real, that God is alive, and God is not dead in America. Come on, somebody. Psalms 14.35 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Do we have any righteous people in the house today? I don't, I don't care what they're telling you. America shall be saved. God is bringing a great awakening to this land. And God's using you and I to be the ones that do it. You know, the church... The only reason this can happen is because the church takes its rightful place. And that's what's happening. We talked about that last week. Because how many know the church is essential? Even when certain mayors and governors didn't think so, the church has always been essential. The church will always be essential. It doesn't matter if it's an epidemic. It doesn't matter if it's a pandemic. It doesn't matter if it's a riot. It doesn't matter if it's a conflict. It doesn't matter if a world war is going. The church is essential. Why? Because Jesus Christ, who's the one who gave his life for us, he is the one who has commissioned us. He is the one who has empowered us to be salt and light. And the church is essential. 
Turn to the person next to you. The church is essential. Now, the governor of California banned the church from singing and praising God, which I, if I, the people that I know in California that are born again, I know they're pushing back on that one. Come on, somebody. So I got a word of encouragement for the, the church in California, and it's out of Psalms 149.6 in the Passion Translation. And it says this, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. I want to encourage the church in California to just put a praise fest on and just praise the Lord night and day, 24 hours. Just let the praises ring because we will not be silent. The church is rising up. All right, let's get into the word this morning. How many have your Bibles? Turn with the book of Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4. When you get there, shout, I'm with you. Today I want to talk to you this a message I've entitled, You Shall Receive Power. You Shall Receive Power. I'm fired up this morning. Just, just stay with me. I, I said last week I might end up running. I might run. I'm, I might run around this whole building because I'm, fa- I'm fired up, I'm fed up, and I'm filled up with the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. I want you to know you shall receive power. Let's read the Word of God and, and let the Word of God preach itself. Acts 1, starting in verse 4, and we're going to jump over to Acts 2. But starting in verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. One of the greatest greatest revivals, the greatest revival that ever happened started in Jerusalem. And how many know Israel shall be saved? Come on, somebody. I've got some people that I know that, you know, they, 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 they really have a hard time about Jewish people in Israel. I say, well, you know what? You need to get on the right side of history because God still loves Israel. God is still for Israel. Come on, somebody. And Israel shall be saved, too. Just read Romans 9. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them, this is Jesus, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Somebody shout, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Oh, I love the Holy Ghost. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you not at this time Restore the kingdom of Israel. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8. And he goes back again. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is to come upon you. And you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, 
and to the end of the earth. Incidentally, the word witness in the Greek here means martyr. Got real quiet on that one. It means martyr. Look it up. It means that we will live for Jesus Christ, but if need be, we will give our lives for Jesus Christ. Because that's what many in the early church did. And that's what many of our brothers around the world have been doing for years. They have been giving their lives for Jesus Christ in some of these countries where they are hindered, when they are restricted, but they refuse to shut their mouths. They refuse to bow down to ungodly governments, ungodly edicts, ungodly expectations because they know there is a greater kingdom and it's called the kingdom of God. Let's look at Acts 13. We're just going to read through this because this is so powerful. Acts 1, verse 13, it says, And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the zealot. I mean, everybody was there. And Judas, the son of James. Look at, listen to this, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Let's jump over to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. So Jesus says, what does he say? Wait for the promise of the what? The Father. He didn't give them a time frame of how long it would take. Because you know some people, they will show up on the last day. Come on, some are you with me? He said, I want you to wait until the Holy Spirit falls on you. I want you to wait until my spirit endues you with power. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, which we just celebrated Pentecost recently, they were all with one accord in one place. It was not a Honda Accord. Come on. It was the Holy Spirit Accord. (laughs) And suddenly, listen to this, there suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. All of a sudden, they heard a sound from heaven. Could you imagine? All of a sudden, you've been praying for days, calling out to God for days, praying and seeking the face of God all of a sudden you hear something but it's not a sound that's in the natural it's not a sound made by man it's not a sound made by machinery but it's a sound from the heavens above released upon a people who are hungry for the glory and the manifestation of the power and the presence of God it was the sound of the Holy Ghost somebody shout Holy Ghost Verse 3, then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now let's jump over to verse 14 in that same chapter. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, 
men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. See, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you come under the influence. Sometimes you may exhibit actions they may look like a drunk person. Come on, somebody. But it's not drunk from Mad Dog 2020. Come on, it's not being drunk from Jack Daniels. Come on, somebody. It's not being drunk from a 40 ounce. Come on. It's being drunk from a, with the power of the Holy Ghost. Because this is what changed the world. Yeah, Peter says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is nothing. This was prophesied in the Bible. Verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Somebody shout last days. We're in the last days. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Come on, somebody. Black flesh, red flesh, white flesh, yellow flesh, brown flesh. Come on, somebody. All flesh. Come on. Young flesh, old flesh, middle-aged flesh. God will pour out his spirit on all. Somebody shout, all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I'm telling you right now, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Some of your sons and daughters may not be serving God right now, but the spirit of the living God is going to come upon them. They're going to surrender their lives to Jesus, and they're going to begin to prophesy. They're going to begin to speak the words of God. A Holy Spirit is going to come upon them and begin to use them to shake this world for the kingdom of God. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. I prophesied right now. I'm just saying what the word says. Let's read on. Your young men shall see visions. Some of you are going to see visions. God's going to begin to open things up to you in the spirit realm. Some of you already have. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Somebody shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood. We've seen it before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You shall receive power. First, I want to talk to you this morning that fire always falls upon sacrifice. Fire always falls upon sacrifice. The word power that Jesus is talking about is the word in the Greek that, that says dunamis. It means force. It means miraculous power. It means strength, might, or violence. In the Thayer's lexicon, it says inherent power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature, which a person exerts or puts forth. 
It is power to perform miracles. It is the power and the influence which belongs to riches and wealth. The Bible says that God has given you the power to get wealth. Same word, dunamis. D-U-N-A-M-I-S. Dunamis. Dunamis. It is power consisting in arresting upon armies. It's also where the word dynamite originates from. Somebody shout dynamite. Say dynamite power is living inside of me right now. Lift up your hands right now and say, there's power in my hands. These hands have the power to get wealth. These hands have the power to perform miracles. These hands have the power to heal the sick. These hands have the power to raise the dead. Dynamite power is in my hands right now. Come on, shout. Fire always falls upon sacrifice. Listen to this. Before Jesus sent the church into the world, he sent the Holy Spirit into the church. Why did he do that? Because he knew that we would be powerless in reaching this world for Jesus Christ. Because this is a gospel, not just in word, but this is a gospel of power. When you see how Jesus operated, he proclaimed the word, then he demonstrated the word. There was proclamation and there was demonstration. He preached the gospel and then he demonstrated the gospel because he wanted the world to know that I'm not just saying some words of man, but I'm speaking from the power of the kingdom of God and I will back up what I say with power from on high. Somebody shout power. Power. Mario Murillo says, one of my one of the guys I look up to, awesome evangelist, says that omitting the baptism of the Holy Spirit was the master stroke of Satan in some churches. Because some churches ignore the Holy Spirit. They, they don't make room for the power of God. Some of them don't even believe that God still heals. Some of them don't even believe that God still does miracles. But not in this house. Come on, somebody. Many of you have experienced miracles. Many of you have prayed for people to receive miracles. Thank God that Lion has received a miracle. Pastor Tiz has received a miracle. We have seen miracle after miracle after miracle because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not stopped doing the miraculous. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power. He says one of the big reasons the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not preached much today is because it is the natural enemy of church marketing. Somebody say, ouch. Doesn't look good on camera when people come under the influence. Well, what will sinners think if somebody starts speaking in tongues? And so church, some churches have become so, they become so visitor friendly that they have, they have completely made, they have completely closed off the Holy Spirit. 
Come on, are you with me? Trying to impress someone who is coming in who needs a touch from God, who needs a healing, who needs a miracle, who needs a prophetic word, who needs an encounter with the Spirit of God, but never, but they refuse to allow the one thing that can change the heart and the life of a person. One thing. When the Holy Spirit is allowed to move, lives are changed. Sometimes people may not act normally when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. It's a reaction to the power of God. That doesn't look good on some cameras and for some people's reputation. But last I heard, Jesus Christ was of no reputation. And if Jesus was of no reputation, you and I should be the same of no reputation. But our only desire and our only aim is to lift up his name. Not to protect our reputation, but to lift up his name. Come on. To lift up his glory. To, to lift up the name that is above all names. It is not about the reputation of man. It is about the reputation of God. Amen. The disciples heard a sound from heaven in Acts 2 too. I believe that they heard a sound from heaven because they first released a sound from the earth. Think about it. Acts 1.14. We just read it. They were assembled together, praying and seeking the face of God. Heaven responded. They heard a sound from heaven because heaven heard a sound from the earth. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. you know it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will forgive their sin I will, and I will heal their land. That's what the Bible says. But it first begins with God's people who will humble themselves and turn from their wicked way and seek the face of God. And when God sees that from a people who are dead, then the heavens will be poured out on people of God. There first must be a sound from heaven from a desperate people right now who are crying out to God in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of riots, in the midst of unrest, in the midst of uncertainty. Where are the people of God that will call on the name of God, that will seek the face of God, that will pray through the night and call on God. God, move in my home. God, move in my nation. God, move in my city. We need heaven to fall. I remember when my family and I were in a church in Oceanside, California, years ago. And this is what I was birthed in. An hour before every service, we would gather in the prayer room to pray and seek the face of God. And the prayer room was packed. I remember many times walking in that prayer room 
And I hear this. People on their knees, young Marines, young sailors, young families, even with their children, saying, God, we need you to move. God, we need a revival. God, we need souls. We ask you to anoint the preacher. We ask you to move in this place tonight. God, we ask you to set the captives free. We pray that no one would leave the same. And this is what I would hear for a whole hour, people calling on God. You know what it sounded like? It sounded like a beehive. Seriously. When you walk in that place and all of a sudden, Spirit of God would hit you right in the face. It was so strong. People calling calling out to God. This is why we saw a move of God in Oceanside. People were getting saved on the streets. Marines were getting saved on the streets. People would come in and get their lives to Christ. Young families. We had people from all walks of life, all races coming into that church, giving their lives to Jesus Christ. We would be out on the streets Friday night preaching the gospel, getting people delivered, casting out devils. Why? Because there was a sound from the earth. And when we got a sound coming from the earth, we will hear the sound from heaven. I think we ought to do that again. I think we need to meet together. I think we need to pray. I think we need to call on God before every service. We need to ask God to move in this place because God does nothing but an answer to prayer. And if we will stand in the gap, we will see the greatest move of God that this nation has ever seen. If we will stand in the gap and call on the name of the Lord. We would meet together and we would pray and fast for days. People coming in and shifts, fasting, praying. And I'm talking about a mainly young church. Most of the people in that church were in their 20s. And we had 500 people in that church. And majority of them were in the military. Young families, singles, individuals calling on God to move. And the Holy Spirit would come down. And shake lives forever. Heaven responded because a sound from the earth was released from heaven. Passionate prayer produces a sound and provokes a response from heaven. It reminds me of the Azusa Street Revival in 1906. If you have not read of it, I encourage you to look it up. Google it. YouTube it and read about Azusa. 1906 in Los Angeles, California, led by a black man by the name of William Seymour, who was the son of slaves. This man would pray in a shoebox for hours for the glory of God to come down. This man would begin to call on God. He was hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he was seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He decided to go to Bible school in Kansas. And because of the Jim Crow laws at that time, they would not allow the man to sit in the classroom with the rest of the students, the white students. But he did not allow that to stop him because he was hungry for the glory of God. Guess what he did? They put a they put a desk in the hallway and he learned from the hallway. 
See, this was the church doing this. But that's another message. He was hungry for the glory of God. He did not let that stop him. Went out to California to preach a meeting. Guess what he preached on? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't even baptized yet. And guess what they did? Instead of giving him an offering, they locked him out of the church. Because they didn't want this tongues and baptism stuff. So he began to meet at a family's house in a street called Bonnie Bray Street. House is still there. And he would meet there and he would teach and he would pray. And all of a sudden, a sound from heaven began to come. And the power of God began to fall in that house in Los Angeles on Bonnie Bray Street. People began to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in tongues. The Spirit of God began to move in that place. But it got so big that they moved to a horse stable on a place called Azusa Street. One of the leading ministers at that time, Frank Bartleman, who was an eyewitness of this move of God, showed up one time, and in the meeting, there were Native Americans. There were, there were blacks, there were whites, there were Asians, there were Hispanics, all in the same place, worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They came together in unity to worship God. This is when racial relationships were far beyond anything you've seen right now. This is when people were getting lynched. Nothing like you've seen right now. So don't believe the hype. Yes, there needs to be healing. Yes, the, that principality of racism is coming down in this nation. It is being dealt with and it's coming down in the name of Jesus. And the church of Jesus Christ are the ones who will lead the way. Frank Bartleman said this. He said the color line was washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit does not divide people. The Holy Spirit unites people. The Holy Spirit breaks down barriers. The Holy Spirit breaks down social barriers, economic barriers. It breaks down all these barriers and it brings together a people who are, who are, who are known by the name of the Lord, who are covered by one color, and that's the red blood of Jesus Christ, the Messiah and King. If we don't rely on the Holy Spirit to help us now, we will be little more than a form of religion to minister to people. One man said this, and he said this years ago. He says that today's church does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church. It will lose its authenticity, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no bearing for the 20th century said that in the 20th century, this is the 21st. Unless you and I rely on the Holy Spirit to help us. If the Holy Spirit was good enough for the early church, what are we doing? 
It ain't about numbers. Come on, somebody. It ain't about how much money we can get. It's about the move of God. It's about the glory of God. It's about drug addicts getting delivered. It's about drunkards being set free. It's about marriages being healed and made whole. It's about people who have a death sentence of six months to live. And the power of God begins to heal them and give them a long life. It's about the power of God bringing deliverance to someone who is bound in pornography. And to see them set free. This is the power of the Holy Ghost. This is what the church needs. This is what the United States needs. This is what the world needs the power of the Holy Ghost you shall receive power the Holy Spirit is in you for your sake but he comes upon you for others sake he's in you for you but he comes upon you for someone else What does the Holy Spirit do for the believer? Number one, he sanctifies the believer. Somebody shout sanctifies. That means he sets you apart and he cleanses you so that you can can serve the Lord in righteousness and truth. How many know we all got things that we need to work on in our lives? But the Holy Spirit will sanctify us. So that these weights and sins begin to come off of our lives. That we're no longer dealing with the issues of the past. But we truly walk in the freedom that Christ has paid for for us. Because the Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. He sanctifies the believer. Number two, he enables you to overcome your carnal tendencies. That's what the Holy Spirit does. How many know that we all need to overcome carnal tendencies this is what he does for us that we don't have to be a slave to our to a a sinful nature we don't have to be a slave to our flesh we don't have to be a slave to the things that held us down but we can walk in freedom he gives us the power to overcome these things number three he transforms the believer into the image of Jesus Christ. He transformed you that as you walk with God, you begin to look more like Jesus as every day goes by. You begin to be conformed to the image of Christ. See, we don't want to be like some preacher and thank God for him. We don't want to be like somebody else and thank God for him. We don't want to be like some Hollywood celebrity. Not at all. But we want to be like Jesus. How many want to be like Jesus? I want to be more like Jesus every day of my life. I want to look like him. I want to smell like him. I want to talk like him. I want to think like him. I want to preach like him. I want to live like him. I want to love like him. I want to be like Jesus. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He strengthens you next. He strengthens you for greater revelation. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to you and show you things. He will speak to you about things. The Bible says he will show you what? Things to come. 
He will give you insight on things that you may not see in the natural. Why? Because you have a relationship and you've yielded your life to him. And he can begin to show you what's on the heart and the mind of the father. Next, he leads you and he guides you in all truth. How many know your steps are guided by the Lord? That the Bible says you are led by the what? The spirit because of what? You are a son of God. You sons and daughters are led. Sons and daughters are led in their lives. We're not walking through life aimlessly trying to figure it out, but we are led by the Holy Spirit who will lead us and guide us. He will lead us who to marry. He will lead us to what job to take. He will lead us in what business deal. He will lead us in what stock. He will lead us how to witness to somebody. He will lead us in who to talk to. He will lead us and guide us in every area of our lives. The Holy Spirit brings fruit in our lives. He causes you to bear good fruit in your life. Fruit that is lasting. Fruit that is constant. He brings forth good fruit in our lives. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The purpose and necessity of the, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, one, power for service. Somebody shout power. power. He gives you power for service. So use it. Use it. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, use him. Let him work through you. Let him speak to you when you're at, the, when you're at a restaurant and he gives you a word for the waiter. Open your mouth and say something. But I'm afraid God has not given you a spirit of fear. But he's given you power, love, and a sound mind. The Holy Spirit will give you boldness to do what you cannot do in yourself. He will empower you to open your mouth, to go the extra mile, to make the step. This is the power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit has had me do things that I would just not do in myself. But because I said, yes. I remember speaking to people, several people. I didn't even know. And God would give me a word for someone or the waitress. And I'm like, I don't know about that. And I'm, you know, I've got this tug of war going on with the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I just want to eat my meal. <laughs> I just want to enjoy my, come on, I would just want to enjoy my enchiladas. <laughs> I don't want them spitting in my food. Come on, somebody, are you with me? <laughs> But because my life is not my own, and it's not about me, it's about them having an encounter with God, I opened my mouth and come to find out that what I said to them was exactly what they needed to hear for that time that they needed to hear it in their lives. Let the Holy Spirit use you. Let me tell you something. I believe that this year, that many of you in this place, that you're going to step outside of yourself because the Holy Spirit is stirring you for more. There's a hunger that's welling up on the inside of you. God is going to use you to speak words of knowledge to people. God's going to use you to pray for people who have cancer and they're going to get healed. God's going to use you to open the eyes of the blind. I prophesy that you're going to see the dead raised. I declare right now that God's going to use you and that signs and wonders and miracles are going to 
flow through you and the power of the Holy Spirit shall come upon you to see a move of God. God's going to use you this year like you've never seen before. He gives you power for spiritual warfare. Power for supernatural ability. It's God's super on your natural. Let's all stand today. Our time is coming to an end. Just lift your hands and just begin to worship the Lord just for a few moments. The presence of the Holy Spirit is in this building right now. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in the lives of this people who have been called out of darkness. Somebody's going to shake the world. It might as well be us right here in New Beginnings Christian Church. It it might as well be us. Somebody's going to see revival. Somebody's going to see an awakening. Somebody's going to do the works that Jesus did. Somebody is going to see the glory of God come down. Somebody's going to see this nation come to Christ. Somebody is going to see loved ones turn to God. Somebody's going to prophesy in the name of the Lord. Somebody is going to see dreams and visions. Somebody in this place is going to speak for the kingdom of God. Somebody's going to be used by you. Holy Spirit, come upon your people today. Come upon your people. That's right. Come upon California, Holy Spirit. Pour out your spirit there. We thank you that the West Coast is turning around and becoming the blessed coast. (sighs) Hallelujah. Just, Just worship him just for a moment. If you're a believer here today, and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want you to say this with me. We have a few moments before we end. Say this with me very loudly. And if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you need a fresh infilling, you need fresh fire to come upon you right now, I want you to pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent the Holy Spirit to this earth to the church to empower us to do the works that Jesus did and even greater you sent the Holy Spirit to cause us to work miracles to be a witness for you to overcome the carnal flesh to live in victory all the days of our lives to speak with new tongues to cast out devils To heal the sick, to raise the dead, to bring glory to the name of Jesus, to shake this world. Holy Spirit, come. I yield myself to you completely, spirit, soul, and body. Fill me right now. Fill me with fire. Refill me with fresh fire. I yield my life to you. Holy Spirit, fill me and come upon me right now. In Jesus' name. There he goes right through. 
Some of you may sense a wind. Some of you may feel something. Some of you may not feel anything. But I want you right now to begin to open your mouth and begin to speak. Let that bubbly up inside of you come forth. Those of you who pray in the spirit, who pray in tongues, I want you to pray in tongues right now in the name of Jesus. Those of you who are desiring to be filled as the spirit of God fills you right now, just release. Just release. Just begin to open your mouth and speak. Don't let your mind shut you down. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that it's all garbage. Begin to release to God right now. Begin to speak in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Those that are watching in your home, Holy Spirit, touch them, fill them, empower them for service. Use them in these days. Use them in these last days. Spirit of God, come upon your people. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Spirit of God is here. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, God loves you so much. He's not mad at you. Let me tell you something. God is not mad at you. He loves you. He gave his life for you. He left heaven, came down to this earth, allowed himself to be used, abused, and ridiculed, and placed on a cross to give his life for you. No greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friend. The Son of God laid down his life for you. It is your time to stand up and live for him. If you're here today and you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, your Savior, I want you to lift your hand all over the building. If that's you, those that are watching, God sees your heart. If there's anybody in this place, just lift your hand. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to surrender my life to God today. And I see those hands. Those that are watching, God sees your heart. Let's pray this right now, all over the building. Those that are watching, pray this with me. Heavenly Father, say this with me very loudly, very clearly. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus to down the cross for my sin. I thank you for giving your life for me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I give my life to you. Satan, get out of my life. Get out of my mind. Get out of my body. Get out of my life. I close the door on you. I command every curse in my life to be broken in the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ. Today I'm a new creation. All things are passed away. Things are new for me right now. Jesus, you died for me. Starting today, I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. Give him praise if you did that. Give him thanks today.